0: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630
1: Chet. All right, great to have you tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Tomorrow, I will be live for REMAX Field from 6 to 8. Your Edmonton prospects will be taking on the Medicine Hat Mavericks. Actually, they're playing as well tonight. That game just underway. No score to tell you about yet. Uh, John Short, former, well... I mean, Edmonton broadcasting legend now doing some work for the prospects. He's going to join me. Also, we'll have on the show Kirk McCaskill, former big league pitcher for the Angels and the White Sox, and a former Edmonton Trapper now coaching baseball in California. So he's going to be on the show tomorrow as well. Uh, Tomorrow, FC Edmonton on the road to play the York Nine. It's the uh, second round of the Canadian Championship, it's leg one of an aggregate series. They're going to be back in Edmonton next Wednesday. The Edmonton Stingers, I checked out their basketball game on Friday at the Expo Center as they beat the Saskatchewan Rattlers. They're going to visit the Rattlers on Thursday in Saskatoon. They will host Fraser Valley Friday at 7. actually uh, really enjoyed that game. A lot of action, up-tempo basketball. Uh, I like the venue at the Edmonton uh, Expo Center. Uh, hey, I mean, there's obviously going to be some challenges uh, with the the... the I guess the minor sports if you want to call them in Edmonton but I, I think they have a good thing there enjoyed seeing Jordan Baker play again who I used to call his games at, uh, at the U of A one of the greats in our city for sure so it was good to see him play in person speaking of the greats of our city I'm pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports basketball stars Michelle and Catherine Plouffe Michelle how are you doing?
2: good thanks for having us Reed. Catherine how are you? great thanks again
1: Thanks for stopping by. Uh, a lot to talk about with you guys, and this has sort of become a, an, an annual thing, or sometimes even twice annually, where uh, yes. you guys drop by or I get you on the phone, depending on, on what you're doing. But, but I mean, let's, let's start with the Raptors. I put it out there before the break for how many people are maybe watching more basketball than before. Uh, Doug texting in, he says, I was in Toronto two years ago in April. I went to a Leafs playoff game. Two Blue Jays games and a Raptors game. I'd never been a basketball fan, but I enjoyed watching the live game. And now I'm watching the Raptors in the playoffs. That's from Doug. While another anonymous texter simply says, "You couldn't pay me enough to watch basketball." <laughs> hey, that's 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 fine. That's how it goes. a diff, different different uh, different sports will have different appeal to people. But just yep. just from I mean, you guys are so deeply immersed in the game, but uh, Michelle, I'll start with you. I mean, it must be a joy to see, I mean, maybe not that one tex- texter, but a lot of Canadians embracing basketball, embracing the excitement of this playoff drive.
2: Yeah, I think that um, the excitement has rallied a lot of sports fans to watch basketball and some who maybe didn't watch basketball before. Um, but it's it's really exciting. And for sports fans to be a part of something that is countrywide, seeing as it's the only, the only Canadian team in the NBA, and um, for them to not only do well but be in the finals is huge. And it's exciting to watch the team. It's exciting to just um, see how many people are like standing outside the <laughs> the stadium watching. Um, just
1: everyone involved. It's it's become quite a show. Catherine, uh, have you found you know maybe more people or you know whether it's friends or family or whoever who might have been casual fans or only maybe followed your careers are now wanting to ask you about Marc Gasol's three-point shot or <laughs> or why that was or wasn't a foul in the third quarter or things like that yeah a lot of a lot of conversations
2: have been around Toronto which is it's just good to just have another outlet of communication and build relationship and rapport with people who we come across but like Michelle said it's it's really cool to see the interest in basketball and even if it's the NBA at that level, um, hopefully it can continue and in, uh, into interest in basketball at different levels and for the women as well.
1: All right. Let, let's talk about the, the series itself before we get on to some things that have been going on with you guys. Um, injuries for Golden State has become a series. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Durant, uh, Looney, Clay. Uh, and Thompson. Clay, mm-hmm. Clay Thompson might not, not be able to play. But I, I mean, it's probably dangerous to sit here and think, oh, wow, now this is really going to go Toronto's way, right?
2: No, but they've definitely got a few cards because yeah. <laughs> uh, healthy Golden State is hard. Um, and uh, yeah, so the Raptors definitely have uh, a couple things going in their, uh, in their favor. So we'll see how much that plays into the series, which I think it can play a lot into the series because it always comes down to who's healthy at the end of the year. Yeah.
1: Definitely. I'm sure you've experienced that yourselves, right, yep. where mm-hmm. either a teammate or one of you or wasn't right at the right time, or you caught another team at the right at, yeah. at the time where yeah. they didn't have a star.
2: This season, uh, it happened that both our teams had fallen to some injuries at the end of the season. So when you're a team of seven playing against a team of 10, it makes a difference down the stretch in terms of rotation mm-hmm. and uh, being healthy at the end of games and having that extra boost. So it makes a difference.
1: Uh, Kawhi Leonard obviously has in the last year become a hugely popular athlete uh in Canada after mm-hmm. he was traded for for DeRozan it, it, f- watching him i mean give people a, I, I mean sure we can we can see what he does but for my, maybe the, you guys know the game so much better than anybody else what allows him to excel? W- why is Leonard such a great player? I mean, we see the obvious, we see oh the points and the stats at the mm-hmm, end of the line, but mm-hmm. what are the details that make him so good? Um, what I love about him is that he's
2: just like a quiet worker, mm-hmm. and you you may not know like how well he's doing until at the end you look at the stat sheet and he has thirty five points. Um, but I love that he doesn't talk to the refs and that. Yeah. I mean, people people <laughs> people hate on him that he doesn't show a lot of emotion, but like. That is valuable. in yeah, the Yeah, he's just steady. like so calm and steady, yeah. and always ready to, like, just do hit the right shot, like make the right pass, make the right play, get big boards. Like he was. That's what I noticed is he was making big plays, not scoring as well as his scoring, but making big offensive rebounds and oh, yeah. passes. He was finding teammates, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. blocks, steals. Yeah. He's not in in the world of the NBA. He's not a tall guy. I mean, what is he? Six foot seven so there's yeah, a lot no. of there are a lot of taller what players. A shorty. <laughs> what a, what what a little shrimp in the world of the nBA so what what is the secret to being a, a good rebounder, especially a guy like him who can't just outreach oh, guys because he's seven feet tall Mm-mm-mm. he does
2: have long arms, but he he finds his spot, so you know sometimes there's uh, times where the defense is just turns and watches and he goes to um, the opposite side where the shots come in, which is a great spot that we know to rebound. So yeah, I think there. yeah, I think it's like best rebounders know where the shots are going. Mm-hmm. And like I remember hearing Dennis Rodman talking about how he rebounds, and he like studies where. I mean, I don't know if Kawhi does this, but he studied where certain players are gonna miss, where they miss most often. So he would be there, and I mean, he's one of the greatest. I mean. He was a little (laughs)
1: extra. That was was all Dennis (laughs) Rodman was known for. He never did anything else to draw attention to himself. (laughs) Nothing else. (laughs) Nothing else. Mm -hmm, Never dyed his hair. No tattoos. (laughs) Never said anything. Never wore a wedding dress. But no. But 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 that that is a very interesting thing, and I I, I love getting into this. Athlete. It's usually with football players because they, like, almost obsessively watch, video. But I, I do enjoy that, how a few extra minutes of video study, you're just, I mean, now with everything, you can get somebody to edit for you digitally. Oh, yeah,
2: hours, hours. I mean, I watch film so I can't imagine what, you know, people at the next level in the NBA, how much film they watch. Because I know Kobe was is, yes, he talks about it, it. he yeah. still does it, how he would meticulously pore over video hours and hours and
1: hours. Yeah. So, I mean, the best players go the extra mile. So. Mm-hmm and then what's amazing too is they're looking for one edge like one tendency yep. that might help you once a year yeah right? right but yep. it's a it, but if it's that you need the play at the end of the game
2: yeah yeah they so store it away that one yep. percent yep. that separates you yep. when you're at that level yeah
1: Michelle Plouffe and Catherine Plouffe in studio, Inside Sports on 6:30. Chad, okay, we have a lot to talk about with uh, the two of you. You you played professionally in France again this past season. Uh, you have a lot going on with three on three basketball, and of course, you have retired, sort of. You're sort still of, playing sort of. one sort aspect of, of your career. Odd, yes.
2: Yeah, odd term
1: to use, but
2: yeah, we're still playing, but stepped away, launched into another. Realm of basketball.
1: We will get into all that when we get back on Inside Sports.
3: Hi, this is Ryan Eastern Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All
1: right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight in studio with Michelle Plouf and Katherine. Ploof, who uh, have spent the last uh, several years playing professionally in Europe and, of course, members of the Canadian women's national team. What, three Olympic appearances combined for yeah. the two of you? Uh, countless uh, international games in Edmonton and around the world. But, of course, we got this, this press release a couple of weeks ago. Ploof sisters say goodbye to senior women's national team. So dramatic. make it sound very dramatic so dramatic. Very wow, dramatic. like I picture you walking up to the <laughs> offices of the national team and tearfully mm. handing in a no, no letter.
2: <laughs> we did not request this right up. <laughs> it's kind though, but
1: yeah, very kind. Uh, yeah. well, tell me a little bit about this though uh deciding to or was it totally your decision? Uh, yep. yes, yeah yep.
2: Um, we were definitely had been invited back, mm-hmm. um, and they may have been expecting us back, um, but um, just a choice to move on. It's it's been a long time that that I've been with the program. Anyways, it's been eight nine years nine, for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. nine summers. So um, yeah, it was just a lot of a lot of time that you know I enjoyed. I grew a lot on and off the court, um, but just time to to step away.
1: Same for you, Catherine.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was a little different for me because I wasn't on the team last summer, but I was invited back and, um, but also chose to take advantage of the opportunity in three x three. So it's an exciting, uh, exciting thing to enter into. But like Michelle said, it was it's going to be a different environment for us going into this versus senior women's national team. So, um, which is a large commitment and large um, yeah it's it was definitely hugely beneficial and I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it and um, I'm proud to have played for the team and excited about the next things
1: how old are the two of you now 26,
2: 2027.
1: My God, you're so young. Mm-hmm, yeah. Thank you. And by the <laughs> way, if people are listening, if, it, if some pe- people don't know this, they are twins, so the age applies uh, equally for both. Which Who's older again? I always forget. Michelle's older, but mm-hmm. like two minutes? Five. Oh, full five minutes. Yes. Wow, Catherine, you're really, I was really lagging, lagging behind. behind they yeah. lagging behind in the wisdom department. So slow. <laughs> all right so uh what do you but it must be tough i mean to to play for canada to represent canada Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the you know the the team's been based here at edmonton yeah uh i mean there's got to be a little bit of sadness involved leaving leaving the program
2: it definitely was a hard like a hard decision it wasn't easy it wasn't like a flippant decision um because you know you play for a lot of reasons it's like okay you want to make your family proud you wanna you know make your country proud you want to be good role models for um, you know young younger generation younger girls and stuff but um, and sometimes that I think traps people playing longer than they want to and Mm -hmm. thankfully um, I think we both we both do have feel comfortable in our identity outside of the national team Mm -hmm. Um, so we're confident in that Mm -hmm. and so I think that made this decision a little bit easier because you know once you play for a team for so long it's hard to to separate yourself from from that identity but um, because we've been able to do that I think that's what gives us more excitement for the next thing is Mm -hmm. because we um, we're
1: it was hard to leave, but we're happy with the decision that we made, so yeah. And is this the start of the, the cycle now for the national team? Are they going to be playing games over the summer?
2: Yep, they started, I think, last week here in Edmonton, back in training camp. They don't have any games in Edmonton, but they'll be heading out next week to Europe um, and play games in Belgium and the U.K., and then they'll have two months um, off and get back together in September before they head to the FIBA Americas.
1: Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Is it Olympics next year already again? Yeah, it is. Wow. It yeah. is. <laughs> yes. okay. So you're going to, well you're doing a lot of things, I want to talk about your mm-hmm. pro careers, but you've mentioned the uh, the three-on-three. The three. Mm-hmm. Do yep, we yep. still call it that?
2: It's three? technically 3x3, three three. I've been corrected, <laughs> so just to let all the people know. <laughs>
1: Three Fiba x. three x three. Fiba three x three. Yes. See, I, I guess I'm old-fashioned by calling it three on three. Oh, uh, we three did too. We cool yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. You're much Not younger alone. than me, so <laughs> all right. I'll trust. So it's the three x three. So uh, what, what who are who are you playing with? What what's what's ahead for you here?
2: Yeah, we. Um, so what's happening with three x three because it's been entered as an Olympic sport starting next year. Is still trying to get together how the qualification process happens, but that's our goal is to make it to the Olympics. So that's Tokyo 2020. Tokyo 2020. Okay. Hashtag, um, <laughs> hashtag Road to Tokyo 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so that starts with playing in as many events as we can yeah. this summer, and we've just been getting more information on what we're able to do with international events. So we'll be heading to an event in the next 10, 12 days, mm-hmm. next weekend in yeah. Italy. Um, as part of a World Series that FIBA is putting on, so yeah, we're pretty excited about that.
1: All right, who else is on your team? Um, so we
2: have definitely us <laughs> two for three, two for. There you got two thirds. And we have um, so there Paige crozen She played. She's from Saskatchewan. She played on the national um, development team and the juniors team, and she actually played. On the Canada 3x3 team back in the day when they still had the program, okay. um, so like f- six, yeah, f- the six years year, ago. the pilot year, or something. Um, like so um, us three, and then um, our fourth for this tournament um, will be Brie Johnson, um, a player out from out uh, east from Toronto. Okay. And then we have two spots that um, you send four to each tournament, so we have a six-person roster. So we'll depending on who's available
1: switch one person out okay it need be so uh, stupid question but i don't know that's okay uh, when Canada's going to send how many teams to the olympics one or two one, one. just one, one.
2: for Four. for for 3x3, for, for 3X3. Yep, just one
1: yes and well
2: canada sending them is questionable <laughs> but someone hopefully will be representing Canada.
1: Oh, we're not guaranteed to have a no. team. No, come? There's, not.
2: there's actually only eight
1: spots for three x three in the Olympics. So oh, they didn't make it like a big like no. beach volleyball. Everybody's in. Right, like two teams. Right. Right. right, right. Why couldn't three x three be like that? The Good. games are short. Oh, that's so. Crazy. See now short. I got to run the Olympics too. Right. We need to read.
2: Okay. Yeah. So there's there's. Um, There's a lot of unknowns, but
1: too many unknowns. Because the Olympics, they know the Olympics are in like 13 months, right? Yes. They should know. Uh, Yeah, they uh, should know. Somebody should know.
2: Yeah, somebody should know. Let them know. Um, (laughs) But basically, what we're trying to do is we play in these tournaments and we have to get points to improve our national ranking. So, our ranking for Canada, or all the players who play in Canada or Canadian players contribute to this ranking. In terms of points. So, we need to move our nation's ranking up so that we can have an opportunity to play for a oh, spot in Tokyo. So,
1: the better all the Canadian teams do collectively, yes. the better it is for the country as a yes. whole, even though you're trying to beat the other Canadian teams mm-hmm. along the way as well.
2: Yes. But, okay. Yeah. We are the only Canadian team that. Well, I know you're the
1: of. <laughs> only female Canadian team. Well, we haven't.
2: <laughs> yeah, we perhaps. haven't. We don't. We haven't heard of anyone else who's trying to do what we're doing. Oh, interesting.
1: Okay, yeah. so there's, there's lots of men's teams. right? There's lots. I, of I men's mean, we teams. talk to Steve Sir about it all the time, mm-hmm. and he's with other guys. So will there? Okay, so if Canada goes, you guys are going to because because I, I was going to ask. Good, do, do, Good Does Canada send? the best team or do they look at all the teams and pick the four players or six players they want to go
2: right so So, we don't we don't know right now the the we're representing Canada at this tournament for example but we're actually team Team Edmonton Edmonton. so we're going to be team Edmonton playing as team Edmonton in Um, As Team Canada. As Team Canada in this series because FIBA has made this a federation series, which means it's going to be one team from each country representing national team federations. But for us, there's difficulties because, you know, we aren't Team Canada because Ghana basketball doesn't have a 3x3 segment of their operations. Well, I think they need to. I, I think so, too.
1: I okay. I want to talk to you more about the 3X3 and, and of course, uh, playing in France and what's ahead for you guys next cool. season professionally as well. Michelle Plouffe and Catherine Plouffe in studio. Inside Sports on 630 Chat.
0: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad.
1: Blue Jays leading the Yankees 4-3 in the 8th over at REMAX Field tonight. It is the Edmonton Prospects scoreless against the Medicine Hat Mavericks in the top of the second. They will play again tomorrow. I'll be there inside sports live from REMAX Field tomorrow night. My guests will include former big league pitcher and former Edmonton trapper Kirk McCaskill. In studio tonight with Catherine Plouffe and Michelle Plouffe. Uh, They've been talking about their uh, basketball careers, uh, stepping away from the national team and uh, getting more into the NIV you, I have to call it three x three. Yes, you do. It. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> I'm getting there. Like when I was a kid, just be like, let's play three on three. Yeah, yeah. us two. I, uh, I should have worked harder at it. Maybe I'd be in the Olympics now. As a you don't know what you don't man. know. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> That's true. So why do you think? Well, that here's a good question for the two of you. You've played basketball all your lives. You've been outstanding players all your lives. You've played at the highest level possible in the world. Why now? Is three x three like a thing where people can make a little bit of money doing it and maybe even aspire to play in the Olympics? Like to me, it was yeah. always like, well, that's playground basketball, right? But street actual ball. competitive basketball is mm. five on five on an actual court.
2: That's a good question. Yeah, I think it's a combination of what it's a lot more accessible to people to play basketball. You know, it was street ball, three on three. You just go play pickup and outdoor hoops and stuff and now they've been able to market it and bring guys who've been playing professionally into this type of arena so and as well as it's an olympic sport now so people want to play it yeah i think it's similar to like it's a faster paced game it's Mm -hmm. completely different um and it's like over fast so i think that appeals to people who maybe Mm -hmm. don't want to watch a like a long basketball Three game an hour NBA game yeah Yeah, <laughs> it's real long now um, but it's like a 10 minute game so I think it's similar to the Rugby Sevens how it's shortened the game it's made right. it faster more intense um, exciting yeah. it's really fun to watch and to play um, so I think it appeals to maybe to our generation who doesn't want to like sit and watch something for mm, so long good point. Um, but it's like, it's a whole different sport
1: to me, so. So, sorry, are the games timed or do they go to a certain number of points? They go to, yep,
2: yeah, they go to 21 points or 10 minutes. So that's pretty minutes. quick, though. Yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah 10 oh, minutes, it's right. tops. It's capped it's capped. 10 minutes. 10 yeah, minutes 20 minutes cap. or 10 minutes tops. 21 points, yeah. Yeah, if it goes to overtime, there's a two-minute overtime, and then if it's still tied, it's the like a sudden death bucket. And you score by ones or by swing. twos? By ones and twos. So two, a three-pointer is worth two, everything else is
1: one. Yeah, so it's okay. Yeah. So what would traditionally be a two-point shot is a one-point shot yeah. and a 3 points okay yeah so yeah but no, oh, our attention spans are fine everybody <laughs> they're not going downhill
3: <laughs> just but, get no, off your phone but, no, I get it and in a
1: tournament you'd play multiple games in a day obviously yeah. and yeah, fans could be oh I'm gonna see these two teams then these two teams yeah. and then it's just constant action yeah. but new games so right. if a game if a game is a blowout it's over in 10 minutes. You're, it's over. The fans don't have to sit there for two Max hours waiting Max. for the inevitable, right? Yeah.
2: I think Steve Sir's team set a record like fastest game. It was One? three minutes and 50 seconds or something wow. crazy like they that. They
1: got to 21 that quick. Yeah. That's crazy. It was.
2: I think it was under five minutes. It's crazy.
1: Oh, man. That's, that, that's incredible. Okay. So uh, I got to ask you guys about what you're doing professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you each been in France now?
2: I th- we've both completed our fifth season. Wow. I've been in France for all five years, and Catherine has been four years in France. One year in Romania, mm-hmm.
1: and you've never been teammates, even though you've been in the same league for four years. Yes, yep. not yet. Not yet. <laughs> oh, make it happen, maybe. Yeah, is that Tony? another something I have to work on? <laughs> After I no, fix we'll, do, three... that, Reed. we'll okay. do that. Read, we'll that. That's awesome. All right. Uh, well, I mean, obviously you've, you've enjoyed it, friend. You both, you both had pretty good years. Catherine, how did your team do?
2: Yep. My team uh, won the League Cup, which is uh, a single knockout throughout the season. And then we made it to the finals and won it. So that was pretty cool. Uh, we lost in the semis of the championship playoffs, but uh, we had a good year. We had some injuries at the end. So finishing with the Cup was not too bad.
1: Michelle, how did your team do?
2: Um, we had a fun year. We uh, we won the title, so we finished first in regular season. <laughs> Just modestly, yeah. And it was pretty but, fun. But I mean, words. we <laughs> should I use <laughs> 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 fun? We did go. We did take the five game series to the fifth game in the finals, which apparently is the first time that that's happened in the league. So um, we got to win at home, which was which was really, like I said, fun.
1: It was a best of five? Yeah, best and of five. And it's never gone the full five games? It's never games? gone the full five games, yeah. Wow, that's hard to believe. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay.
2: It was a really competitive year um, yeah. in our league, so uh, it made it,
1: yeah. Fun. In fun. In, <laughs> in Europe? Fun. <laughs> would france be one of the better nations for women's basketball
2: yeah it's a because it's so consistent almost top to bottom there's some teams on the bottom who are less competitive but it's consistently a top level league because there's great teams
1: yeah it's it's so it's one of the best complete leagues
2: in europe for sure
1: are there is there a limit to the number of non-French players they can have? Yeah. Yep. You can have
2: two um, two Europeans that aren't French and then two non-Europeans. So like a Canadian-American, Australian, okay. African, So you South each African. qualify as that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, h- and how do you enjoy just the, just? I mean, I know you're in different cities, uh, but how do you enjoy just the lifestyle of, of being in France? I mean, I guess you've been there a while now, so I'm sure you're adjusted, but is it, was it really different? Was it hard, or was it just kind of like well, a different language, but life's the same? How how was
2: it? Yeah, I uh, I was coming from Romania to f- to France, and Romania was definitely a uh, a poor country. Mm-hmm. So France, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is a comfortable lifestyle. So um, it's it's comfortable. We've learned the language, not fluent, but we've we've learned enough to communicate with our teammates and stuff. So. I enjoy it more because i'm able to communicate more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but in terms of living it's it's comfortable it's slower pace sometimes the grocery store is closed so early everything's, everything's closed close. on sunday <laughs> oh, really? oh yes oh really oh yes yeah there's everything's sunday, closed Monday, in the afternoon good luck yeah but uh yeah i like living there yeah it's definitely also going from just the college to professional like there was so many changes the first year just because it's so different. You're living also in a country where you don't speak the language. You don't have classes to go to. You're just playing basketball. It's your job that you don't know anyone. Like, there's just so many new things all at once. So the first gear, the adjustment period is longer, is longer <laughs> right. and more difficult. But um, the players that really, I think, excel are the ones who, who are able to adjust and adapt quickly. And they're the ones who, whose careers are, are longer.
1: Uh, and you play against each other how many times in a season?
2: This year it was about five. It wasn't which is not a lot. Our first year both in France we played each other about eight times, I yeah. think. <laughs> no. So maybe uh, yeah, yeah, four maybe. Four. Yeah. Four.
1: Yeah. Like are you not a lot. are you used to going up against each other? Is it still weird sometimes?
2: No, it's No. It's pretty it's not weird. You no, know, it's, it's not normal, normal now. People are like, oh, you're playing as a sister. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. The opponent. (laughs) Do
1: you ever guard each other?
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we did more this past season. Yeah. Or you guarded me more because you were playing the four more. Yep, yep, yep. Do you ever trash talk each other? um, No, but sometimes I'll try to make conversation at the free throw line, and she just blocks me out. (laughs) Like,
1: what will you say? Laser focus.
2: I'll just just be friendly.
1: (laughs) You're not actually being friendly. you're trying no
2: she's really big friendly <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call it trash talk no it's definitely not trash talk I don't know how to do that <laughs> but no. you know it's fun it's fun to play against each other also we get to see each other see each other post the game before the game the day before so that's really the only time we see each other during the season maybe one other time if we have a few days off but
1: um, Have family and friends been able to watch you play, come watch you play at some point?
2: Yeah, we've had in the in the last five years or four years, we've had our parents come out um, twice since I was in France, and then um, our sister and uh, brother-in-law came out
1: last year before Christmas, so it was mm-hmm. really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And oh, sorry, one of you is changing teams for the upcoming season. Yep, Catherine. Catherine, Catherine is me. changing teams.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll be Where playing? are you going?
2: Yeah, I'll be going to the southwest of France to. Basketland is the name of the team and um, Miranda Aim, who's playing with the national team she's been there for a handful of years and she'll be staying there so she'll be my teammate as well as Shona Thorburn she was playing in the league this year but she retired from playing and is going to be the assistant coach on the oh, team cool. next year so bunch of Canadians <laughs> bunch of Canadians we're taking over
1: <laughs> well uh, I'm so thrilled to, to catch up with both of you uh, continued success with 3x3 with going to france and uh, you, you're hopefully doing a camp yeah i think that's when we talked last summer Was right before you came. yeah i yeah. think it
2: was yeah yep. we'll hopefully be doing a camp the date is to be determined once we figure out our 3x3 schedule we'll be sure to keep everyone in the loop
1: well keep me posted we'll sure. get you on the show again Will all right do. sounds good read catherine Plouf, michelle Plouf, thank you so much for coming in thanks
2: thank you you so for much. having us
1: subscribe to the inside
0: sports podcast available on apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts this is 630 chad inside
1: sports It's awesome to have Michelle Plouffe, Catherine Plouffe in studio. Uh, Two of the uh, greats to come out of Edmonton played for the Canadian women's basketball team for several seasons and they were telling you about what they're doing, uh, trying to make the Olympics in 3x3 for next summer and their pro careers in France. Uh, Excellent players, excellent role models awesome to have them in studio here on Inside Sports. At Remax Field tonight, 2-0. Medicine Hat leading the prospects. That game still in the uh, top of the second inning. And the Blue Jays are taking on the Yankees. It is the middle of the eighth and the Blue Jays hold a 4-3 lead. Eskimos continuing training camp. Their home opener is next Friday, June 14th against Montreal. 5-30 countdown to kickoff here on 6-30. The game will start at 7. A lot of people excited about the Eskimos' defense. Led by new defensive coordinator Philip Lawley, who spoke to our Dave Campbell.
4: Well, when you see uh, Javon Santos Knox hit the field and then Anthony Orange hit the field, even though they're not going full yet, it's pretty exciting when you see their the numbers on the back of their jerseys and they're on
3: they're on this field. Oh, absolutely! Been uh, waiting all camp to get them out there, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. you know we got some great young talent in the camp, and it's always competition. And I can't wait to watch these guys, you know, compete daily, you know, day after day. Sure. I guess that's the
4: key is you got so. Much much depth here Uh, you're not afforded the opportunity or you don't have to be afforded the opportunity of going to rush those guys back in, got to rush Anthony and got to rush
3: Devon in because the depth is so deep. Yes, right now, you know, and you knock on wood always in this game for sure because injuries seem to all happen in spurts, you know, but uh, the whole deal is having people ready to play, you know, having everybody tuned in to what you're trying to do. Because you got to anticipate those things and hope they don't happen, but you anticipate them. And, uh, you know, right now our depth for us knowing what we're doing and everything is increasing daily, yeah. and they start to get the schemes down, and they're playing faster because of it. Mm-hmm. Two preseason games, you gave up one touchdown.
4: It was very late in that game in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. What impressed me, every personnel grouping you sent out there, uh, performed at a high level and seemed to know what they were doing and it also seemed like if they gave up one uh, negative play didn't follow up with another negative play
3: uh, what, what was your assessment? Well you know I'm, I'm proud of that fact so like I told them though you're only as good as your next game and you know you can get patted on the back and this that and the other but that was fine for that game and we had two good ones you know mm-hmm. uh, defensive effort but uh, you're going to get graded on the next one you know mm-hmm. so you know keeping that consistency because to be a champion is a process mm-hmm. I always tell Daily, it's a process. You're gonna go through the good, the bad, and the ugly through a season, and you got to survive all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pro football, and uh, so I'm just trying to, you know, get them to the point where all these people that we're talking about, the talent level, goes up because of the mental preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, for these things, and then throwing scenarios at these guys all the time that uh, you know, at my age, I've seen a lot happen. You know, to get to championships mm-hmm. before, so you know, uh, just trying to transfer that to them, get them to. Understand all those things, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it like I said, it's a process. I use that word a lot, but to be a champion, it is. So. Tell me about your safety position.
4: and It's been hit hard by injuries with you uh, and Hoover going down. Nice to see Hoover back. Uh, but tell me about the progression of a guy like a Scott Hutter and just the progression of that
3: position as we get ready for the season. Oh, I got three young guys back there, you know. I got Jordan, Jordan, and Scott. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, all of them are getting reps, you know. Uh, Jordan Ballou still hurt right. Now, of course, and uh, just now, you know, get Jordan Hoover back. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, but uh, the young man filled in good for him. I mean, at Winnipeg, and that's the reason we rep him and get him all a lot of reps. It was his turn up, and uh, that's the mentality I want him to use here it's the next man up, and all men need to be ready to play. We don't just, you know, Give one an opportunity and sit there and talk to two of them about it. We actually give them reps and work mm-hmm. them, and and that's a big emphasis that in the coaching room. And uh, when I get the coaching staff together, it's work them all. I mean, work them all like they're going to be champions, and mm-hmm. you know. So we've been fortunate. Yeah.
4: Two more days of camp. Thursday is the mock game, and that's. End of camp. As you said, you know you got a lot of good people here, but unfortunately you can't keep them all. As a coach, is this kind of the week where it's tough because you get that angst of you're not gonna you're not, you're not gonna
3: see everybody here anymore because some tough decisions are gonna have to make. Yeah, uh, it's very emotional. It really is because you know as a football coach you get to work in these young men and you get close. I mean, you know you you uh, as a coach. It's, it's hard sometimes because you have to keep the pressure on them to be good. But at the same time, you know, you, you, you want to love them up too. You know what I mean? Because they work hard for you, you know. And so when you got these guys really busting their tail to do the right things, you know, and, and uh, doing everything you ask them to do and then have to cut them, mm-hmm. you know, it's their job, right? And uh, it's their livelihood. So it's a hard thing. Yeah. It'll be an emotional day on Saturday. Oh, absolutely it is, because you'd love to keep them all and keep working them. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's not the way the business is.
1: That is Philip Lawley, defensive coordinator for your Edmonton Eskimos. Perhaps, and this season will tell the tale ultimately, but perhaps the most significant off-season addition by your Edmonton Eskimos. Likes to bring pressure. Likes to get after the other team's quarterback and make him uncomfortable. And uh, yes, only the preseason, but uh, they were certainly able to do that. 753 Inside Sports on uh, 630 Chet. Kellen Kennedy is our studio operator this evening, as he uh, often is. Kellen, haven't seen a lot of you lately because I've had a lot of days off work. So uh, good to catch up with you. But I was a little dismayed earlier today because, of course, I have... Well, maybe I made an assumption that you and I were going to co-found SLAW the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. Mm -hmm. But I see you online, you know, just almost taunting me, flouting your disloyalty. (laughs) You're applying for other jobs in the wrestling world. I I just... Are you taunting me? No, no, no. If anything, I was just...
2: We're kind of playing around, and somebody on Twitter had sent me a uh, online job listing that WWE is actually hiring writers. So, yes, if oh. there is any
1: aspiring writers uh, for television listening to us tonight and that stuff, uh, just look online and that stuff. It's, it's so like you're all in on the Sylvan Lake slides of wrestling. Yeah. The slaw. If, if if you and I run just, on the slaw. That's our meal ticket, baby. This is just morbid
0: curiosity. I just want to All right. To I just wanted to see, make sure you're all.
1: committed to the slaw. Oh, yeah. I'm all coal on the slaw, for sure. (laughs) That's that's incredible. By by the way, we still haven't received any applications for wrestlers, managers, ring women and men, uh, bell ringers, ticket takers. Inside sports at 630 com. I'm waiting for a resume. You'll be a leading candidate because we have no other applicants. Correct. Hey, beautiful weather, beautiful course, only one thing missing. You... 6.30, 6.30, Chet and the Ranch Golf and Country Club want you and a friend to golf this championship caliber course this summer. Call in now to win a pair of passes. Good for two 18 rounds of golf at the Raf- Ranch Golf and Country Club. If you missed this earlier, now's your chance. Caller number 4, 780-496-0063. And we may find some more passes to give away throughout this week as well. 780-496-0063. Well, that was a fun show. We had Kelly Rudy on, Blake Dermott on, Michelle Plouf, Catherine Plouf. We're in studio. I will be at Remax Field tomorrow as the Edmonton Prospects take on the Medicine Hat. Mavericks John Short and Kirk McCaskill scheduled to join us. We'll have other special guests as well. And the Prospects uh, still down 2-0 to the Mavericks. It is now into the third inning. Blue Jays up 4-3 on the Yankees. Two out in the bottom of the eighth. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, the studio operator. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great evening.